All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Golf Balling Podcast. I think this is episode 139. If you guys listened to our episode yesterday, I said I was going to do this. And you can also watch this on the Golf Balling YouTube channel. It is just me. It's a crisp, crisp quality, crisp video quality. So, um, you know, type in Golf Balling on YouTube if you want to watch us or in this case just me today um hopefully the guys are here with me for either saturday or sunday i'm probably honestly just gonna do a recap for both of the days it feels good to watch golf for 10 straight hours again like honestly it's just a really good feeling to have um first off though before we get into like a quick recap this shouldn't be too long um i do want to just say thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast and supporting it um, you guys keep us going. I love all the DMs you guys send us, all the Twitter interactions, um, all that type of stuff. If you don't have any of the social medias and you want to get in touch with us, our email is golfballingteam at gmail.com. If you want to just send in any any time, like, you know, send in any um, reactions or whatever. So today, let's get into, should we do the mornings first? Yeah, let's do the mornings first. So we had some Friday for some scores here alternate shot style the current score right now is six to two it's six to two usa so <laughs> sorry europe uh, not looking too good if you guys listen to us you know i'm pretty big on europe so you know for guys like me it was it was kind of hard to watch but um it was also really fun to watch which we'll talk about here in just a little bit but first matchup of the day you had john rom and sergio garcia they actually defeated justin thomas and jordan spieth apparently this is something i found out on the broadcast apparently jt and spieth were like severe underdogs just considering john rom is one of the best golfer i mean he is number one in the world right now and then you know sergio is just mr consistency at this point in his career in Ryder cup so i was kind of surprised to hear that they are underdogs but John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, they defeated them three and one to give Europe the first point of the Ryder Cup in 2021. Followed up by DJ and Kyle Morikawa. This was a really interesting matchup. They were going against Paul Casey and Victor Hovland. It was kind of a for both for both teams, it was kind of weird. Not weird, but it was you have an OG and you have a rookie. DJ, and we'll talk about this later on in the afternoons. He did a phenomenal job just kind of being that rock and that glue guy. I mentioned this. I was talking about this. You pair Kyle Morikawa up with a guy who's going to nuke the golf ball, and you're going to be set up for success. That's exactly what happened. They won three and two. Honestly, it was never really even close. They just kind of controlled it um, the whole time. Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger, they defeated Lee Westwood and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um this one, this one was a really weird matchup because I, I honestly don't feel like Daniel Berger or Brooks Kepka played all that good. I think they played pretty decent. They maybe played a little above average. Um, they hit shots when they needed to, and that's something that Lee Westwood and Matthew Fitzpatrick just didn't do. So they won 2-1 and one to give USA another point on the board. Finally, you have your final matchup in the Monday morning. Patrick Cantler and Xander Shoffley with a shocking blowout. They won 5-3 and three against Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter, statistically, since the Ryder Cup at Medina, has been horrible. Like, just straight-up horrible. 
Rory McIlroy also, he only has a 500 career win average at the Ryder Cup. That was something I was completely oblivious to. If you guys listened to our last episode, I was saying stuff. I was saying I did not. There was no way to me 24 hours ago that those two rookies, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, although they're phenomenal golfers, you have player of the year and Mr. Gold Medal. I honestly, I was not expecting them to get that, get the job done to that degree. Rory hit some decent shots, but altogether, if you really break it down, I think Xander Shoffley had one of the best Ryder Cup debuts of just all time. Like to just be honest, I think it really was one of the best of all time for rookies. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. And they just, I mean, it was a murder. Like, it really was a murder. So that gives the Team U.S., that gives them 3-1 Monday morning. And the craziest part is, is that wasn't that crazy. Essentially, Team USA, you you have four different matches going on in the morning and then in the afternoon. So they call these sessions. Team USA hasn't lost the first session of a Ryder Cup since 2005, or maybe it was 2006. Um, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was an odd or an even year, but they have not done something of like, they have not lost the first four matches in 15 plus years. So it wasn't too crazy that Europe was kind of struggling a little bit. You come out to the Friday afternoon. This is no longer alternate shot. It's just best ball. Xander Shoffley and Dustin Johnson, they only beat Paul Casey and Bird Weisberger 2-1. and one, But it was one of those situations just like DJ's first match and just like Xander's first match where they controlled it pretty much the entire time. I mean, there wasn't really maybe except like, yeah, honestly, there just really wasn't like a single point. Um at all where I was like, you know, Paul Casey and Burned, you know, they might be able to actually get it here. No, DJ and Xander were actually probably the best two golfers of yesterday. DJ going 2-0, Xander going 2-0, Xander's Ryder Cup debut goes 2-0, DJ gets paired up with two rookies, goes 2-0. Like, it was just honestly, it was perfect. It was perfect for Team USA. If you're a Team USA fan, which I know most of you guys are because I've seen our analytics, um, it was a great – it was just cool to see because you had a lot of complaints coming out like, why isn't Kyle Morikawa out there with DJ? Why isn't Xander Shoffley out there with Patrick Cantley? Both of those two groups won easily earlier today. Um the captain, Steve Stricker, USA team captain, Steve Stricker, he came out and said actually a couple of days ago that he told everybody, I think it was Monday when, yeah, I think it was Monday that like, here are the lineups. I'm not going to tink with it. I'm not going to like change anything. Even if you guys win nine and eight or whatever the stats break out to, if you bl- completely blow them out, like something we've never seen, 10 and seven, whatever it would be. That's still, you know, I'm still not going to change anything. So these guys knew going into it who they were going to play with, and that that gives you a leg up going into. It just gives you a leg up because you already know you've already. That's how you've prepped the entire week is as if you know 
DJ knows he's playing with Kyle Morikawa in the morning. He knows he's playing with Sanders Shoffley in the afternoon. So I like it. I thought it was a good idea. Next up, you had Bryson DeChambeau and Scotty Scheffler versus John Rahm and Tyrell Hatton. This was an extremely fun match to watch. Scotty Scheffler, I thought he played okay. He played pretty good in comparison to how the rest of Team USA played, though he played all right. Um, made a huge, huge putt on 16. Absolutely huge. This was... This was definitely, I don't know if I want to call it the most exciting matchup. I, you know, as of right now, I, I might say this was my favorite matchup the entire day so far. He, Scotty, he made some nice shots. Like I said, he had that birdie on 16 to half the hole, and that was just truly phenomenal. The rest of Team USA just played so good that he kind of got a little bit forgotten about. I feel like he's going to get a little forgotten about, though. He did contain Bryson. You know, Bryson and, and Scotty, they play at the same golf club, so they kind of have some knowledge of each other. Bryson did amazing. I mean, he hit huge drives, including his 417-yard drive. Can't remember which hole that was, but he hit a 417-yard drive. The worst part is, is if you were watching it on Golf Channel, you didn't see it live because they were in a commercial break. If you are part of you know Europe or, or a different country and you were watching on Sky Sports, you did see it. And they had no idea where the ball was. It felt like like an eighth grade middle school video production. Like where the hell is the ball? It was really funny. Bryson DeChambeau, I think the first hole sums up how Bryson's day was. He nukes his drive, but it's left, and he actually hit a spectator on the first drive of the day. He hits a spectator, doesn't yell for This is something we've complained about all the time. Why is he not yelling for if he's clearly about to hit somebody? He hits this probably kind old lady in the shin, which I'm sure hurt like a bitch, and she it appeared as if she took it like a complete champ. So kudos to her. Uh, his next shot, his next recovery, put it to like 10 feet. And he was in the worst thick crap ever. So Bryson just short game driving. He made a lot of, he made a lot of good putts. You're going against number one player, John Rahm. And so it's a little bit deeper than just Friday at the Ryder Cup. Like this, this means a lot to all, everyone involved. This is a huge matchup, and he was ready for the task. So I, I you got to give credit where credit is due, man. He did a good job today. Tyrell Hatton. It took him a while to get dialed in. John Rahm was all right. I think he was all right in the afternoon, probably on the better scale. But I gotta say, Tyrell Hatton until late. He had a huge putt on 18 to tie it. And if he didn't do that, I would probably just be going at Tyrell Hatton right now because it just did not look like it. I don't think it was. I'm sure actually it was a good combination because the rumors the whole week was that Tyrell Hatton could not find the face of the club. That was what was being said the whole week. He hasn't been playing good recently. He's been breaking a lot of clubs on TV recently. And he wasn't playing all that consistent to begin. But once they got into like the final stretch of holes, he he really came up clutch. And even if it wasn't, you know, 
sinking important putts or whatever it was. It was just he was playing good, which gave John Rahm a lot more room to work with where it's not like it's a 1v2 situation. It's a 2v2, and John Rahm can, can be a little bit more aggressive, and they can be a little bit more strategic. So, yeah, like I said, man, if Tyrell didn't end the way he did, I would – I would be a little bit worried. I think he would be Europe's weakest link so far. But they got they got it on 18, which is something that hasn't happened in a while, and they have it. Next up, you had Tony Finau and Harris English. They defeated Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry. Once again, man, I don't know what Rory is doing. He's not it's not he's not even playing that bad. He's just not really playing great. And at the Ryder Cup, that's what you anticipate you're going to see from Rory McIlroy, one of the top international golfers in the world, one of the top golfers in the world. And so to see Rory McIlroy go 0-2 for the first time in his career, um, I don't think it signals or signifies anything of like Rory's downfall, but I do think it. I do think it's a little bit uh, on the nerve, nervous end for Team Europe. Like I honestly just think if I'm Team Europe and Rory McIlroy is supposed to be probably like your second best player, and he just went zero and two. He's not, he's not playing bad, but he's not playing good, or he's not playing great, which is what they needed from him today. And he just couldn't come through, man. Shane Lowry, kind of the same thing. Tony Finau, man, rookie debut. Not only did he get the crowd going, he made putt after putt. And it started early on. He was literally making putt after putt. It was awesome. I don't think Harris English played that great. He was pretty decent. He was a little above average, but I don't think he played that great. Kind of the way he played reminded me of just Daniel Berger. I feel like they just played like literally like equal of each other. The good news is, is it doesn't look like anybody on Team USA is a weak link. So, and then you you finish it off with Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantley, and they're playing Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland. And, you know, I'll just tell you, man, from a Europe side, freaking headaches, man. I, they ended up tying, and Victor Hovland was playing phenomenal the whole he started getting it going in the morning. The morning back nine, he was starting to really get it going, and it carried through into his afternoon round, but it took Tommy Fleetwood a little bit to get going. Still wasn't really an issue, and then it kind of started to flip at the end. Tommy Fleetwood was kind of taking care of Victor Hovland, but neither of them were really – they were it was not it wasn't even necessarily that what they were maintaining but it, it kind of is that they were just like maintaining the lead they they weren't as aggressive keep in mind the course was getting significantly harder more difficult as the day went on i mean the wind gusts were crazy not only the whole day but especially at night you had some rain come in but that wind was really, really going. So this was the last group out there. You could tell that environmental factors were definitely playing a role. For Europe's side, JT wasn't playing good golf. He had a handful of good putts, a handful of good shots. But like I said, it really was just a handful. And so mainly it was Patrick Cantley versus Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland. And they got going in the final stretch 
And Team Europe just had no answer for it. They weren't hitting the shots. They weren't making the putts. Team USA was, and they were slowly creeping up. They slowly crept up, and it resulted in a tie. And I got to say, if you look at it from like a name perspective, you have Patrick Cantley and Justin Thomas, two incredible golfers, Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland. I mean, if you think about it, Tommy Fleetwood lost his tour card, and Victor Hovland is a rookie. So if if Team Europe was going to be able to win that match, I think that would have been huge for them going into Saturday. But like I said, they got the have, and it's really not the end of the world. It's a lot better than a loss, but it is six to two right now. And I think a lot of people are surprised, including myself. I, this is something I was not anticipating. Um, you know, I like to give Sean and Nick a lot of shit and, and root for Europe because I like Rory and I like you know Team Europe. But on paper, Team USA was looking really good heading into this. And so I don't think a lot of people would have been surprised if USA was leading after the first day, but I don't think a lot of people had anticipated it was going to be like six to three. I really don't like I six or sorry, six to two, like six to two is it's getting close to a blowout right now. And team Europe needs to come out early and they need to be playing good because I actually think Team USA could technically, if they swept tomorrow, I think they could close it out. If they need 14 and a half, they might not. So it might they might not be able to because that have on, on 18 with, with Cantley and Thomas, but <sighs> Europe needs to get jumped. They need to get going quickly. They need to jump to a great start tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I don't believe we have any tee times or anything like that. But looking at Team USA side, like I said, if you guys have been listening to our podcast, I'm more of a fan of Team Europe. It was pretty fun to watch Team USA today. It was fun to watch both teams play today. But it was actually just really, really cool. Every American player earned at least a half point yesterday. So no one really did awful. Like I said, I think Justin Thomas played the worst out of all the American golfers, and he ended phenomenally. He hit some great iron shots. He hit some great putts, especially on just the whole back nine. And so he's going to be moving into tomorrow on his confidence is going to be at an all-time high. And I'm looking at Europe right now, and it's like, John Rahm's probably feeling pretty good, especially because of the way they ended. Tyrell Hatton's probably feeling pretty good. Sergio Garcia's probably feeling a little bit good as well. But honestly, outside of that, can't be that good. Like, it really can't be that good for Team Europe. So they're going to have to figure something out. They're going to have to figure something out. And if USA keeps bombing the ball right now, they're – dominating par fives if they keep doing what they're doing right now europe's not gonna be able to catch up i'll just tell you that like it's too it's already too late to the point where like you know we talked about this on the last episode you can't win the Ryder cup on the first day but you can definitely lose it and i i don't think that's what europe did but they've put themselves in a position where if a couple of things don't go their way tomorrow it might just be too late. 
so I'm really excited to watch tomorrow. I, you know, no matter who plays well, who doesn't, it's a really cool atmosphere and I'm having a great time. This was awesome. I woke up at eight today and I finished at six, probably like most of you guys. And it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. So it feels great to have the Ryder Cup back. It's really cool too, because it's in Wisconsin, which is just, you know, an hour north of us here in Chicago. And, you know, I feel that wind every single day. I'm glad I don't have to play golf in that wind every single day, but I do have to walk to school every single day in that wind. So um, maybe keep that in mind next time you are golfing in the Midwest. Like, hey, it's going to be probably extremely windy. And it's not just because it's fall. And it's not just because it's in Lake Michigan. Those are two huge factors, but it's just it's always way too windy here. That's it, though. That's all I got today. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a recap and give you a little bit of my brief thoughts on it, just initial opinions. And hopefully tomorrow, you know, I don't think Sean will be here because Sean loves to visit Chicago and then, like, not tell us or hang out with us. It's honestly like a real douchebag move, but you know, teach their own. So maybe Nick and I will be back here tomorrow and, but I will be back here tomorrow. So once again, you can check us on the golf ball YouTube channel. Um, or you can just continue listening on your favorite streaming platform. So thank you guys for listening to today's, um, golf ball podcast. If you want to leave a review or if you want to send us a DM, we have golf balling, golf balling pod, Mr. Golf balling, um, golf balling pod on Twitter. And then, like I said, the, a really good way to reach us is golfballingteam at gmail.com. If you want to like, you know, actually have like, a, you know, send whatever you want. I mean, you can do that anyways. So I don't know, maybe somebody email us. That would be cool. That's it for today. Leave a five-star rating if you please and peace.